Welcome to the Minimalist Educator Podcast, a podcast about paring down to refocus on the purpose and priorities in our roles with co-hosts and co-authors of the Minimalist Teacher Book, Tammy Musiowski-Borneman and Christine Arnold. In today's episode, Tammy and I are reunited with our dear friends and former colleagues, Gemma Cass and Megan Kemp. Our topic for today is effective planning meetings. Gemma and Megan have both worked as international educators for many years. Megan has worked in the US, Germany, Singapore and England as a teacher and curriculum leader. Gemma has worked in England, Bali and Singapore and is now a primary lecturer at St Mary's College, London. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of The Minimalist Educator. Today Tammy and I are here with Gemma Cass and Megan Kemp. Welcome everybody, how are we? Yeah, great. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. We are super excited. This is a really special podcast episode. We actually have four people recording together in one room, and the four of us met while teaching in Singapore together, our classrooms all in a row, and we formed this lovely bond, and now here we are in the location of England recording a special episode of The Minimalist Educator. So thank you again for being with us today. No, and it's not been since 2017 that we've all been in the same room together. So that's lovely. Yes. Very special. So we wanted to pick your brains today about team meetings and what are some effective strategies that we can utilize for our team meetings. Gemma, Megan and I used to teach on a grade two team in our school in Singapore. And so we used to often have, you know, our weekly collaborative meetings together. And one of the things that I really valued about our teaching time together was those meetings, because we had a lot of, we we got things done. We were effective with our time use. We came up with great teaching experiences for our students. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So Megan, maybe you can start us off with, um, you know, You've been in other schools since our time in Singapore as well. And so maybe you have some ideas to share with our listeners about um, some effective uh, meeting strategies or tips for just keeping people on track in meetings, something like that. Yeah, um, I think I think we lucked out. And I think depending on, on your team, I think we lucked out in that our personalities uh, were quite similar and the way we worked um and process things and planned was quite similar and that always helps if you're kind of on the same page as your teammates but that's not always the case and it's not always the case with the people you work with uh so I think a huge um kind of well just something that works is to have an agenda um and have to start with an agenda have people adding to it so you know it's not just one person's agenda but you can refer to it maybe as the week goes on you can add things to it so you know kind of what your um what you're coming into or what it helps to if you refer to it and then you can think about it um and then you're able to come prepared um or a little bit prepared to those meetings um that kind of gets you off on a on a good start so i think having an agenda is is an item that um is quite useful yeah and i guess to sort of build on that i think our friendship and our working relationship you know it could potentially be a blessing and a curse because obviously you've got the the agenda which is great but I suppose it's making sure that 
Um, you're not going off piece and talking about sort of non-work related things during those times and staying mm-hmm. focused and staying with what, what you've got on the agenda. Because I think, you know, it's so tempting just to be checking in and like, oh, so what are we doing later and having those conversations, but making sure that that's sort of that protected time to focus on the work things, which that you've got to be quite disciplined in. But I think we, mm-hmm. we manage that really well. I agree. And I think it, you mentioned the check-ins and like not kind of getting stuck in that. I think it is important to have that in your mm. agenda though, mm. right? So mm. like a five-minute check-in, you do have to recognize how everybody's feeling at the time because, mm. you know, usually meetings are yeah. in the daytime or after school and you've been through whatever the day has held for you. And um, so you want to stay true to a check-in to check-in with each other personally but then move on with what you've got to do. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> when you said about how people have got on with their day and where they're at, at the end of the day, I definitely remember going into some of those meetings <laughs> and Tammy and, and Megan and when Christine joined us um, for some of them as well, to be everyone being really focused and ready to go start planning for next semester or <laughs> next, next term. And I would be like, oh we've, we've just got through the day like doing doing really <laughs> things in your head but actually again it's having those really good relationships working relationships and, and shared values of actually we all do want the best and you were all very good at getting me back on track mm-hmm. so, okay let's let's go we've had our check-in and we can get this done um so yeah that was good I think I think too sometimes kind of just seeing how the going with how the day is like mm-hmm. if if you've all had a just, you know, <laughs> just one of those days and you just need that time to de- debrief, but then being like, okay, well, we didn't get this done or this done. Let's divide and conquer, or let's, you know, you all take on something to get done and bring back together, you know, the next day. Or so it's not a complete, not that it was a waste because you, you need that debrief mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And that's really important, but that you also are looking at, okay, well, this is what needs to happen. This is what we were going to do. Can we kind of divvy that up get that done um and then and and following through because it's one thing to say oh yeah I'm going to do that but when your team teammates are counting on it um you know it it is important to follow through and then to come prepared so maybe it's well we're we're gonna be doing this or looking at this next unit at our next meeting and it just it's so frustrating (laughs) when your teammates or when the people that you're meeting with your colleagues aren't prepared or I get frustrated with myself if I haven't come prepared it it feels like you you've let the rest of the group down so um coming prepared it's only going to help um you move forward in those next that that next step I guess yeah it makes good use of your time Mm. as well rather than say wasting people's time but you know Mm -hmm. we know as educators time is precious and if you're not prepared it is going to eat into that Mm-hmm. Circling back to what you were saying before, Megan, about um, everyone having access to the agenda and can add to the agenda, I think that's really key too because if it's just one person, the team lead or your coordinator or so on, who is taking on responsibility for that, other, other people don't feel like they have ownership over what's going on or they're not really as keyed into what's going on. So I think that's a really important part, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that everyone is contributing to that agenda and, and filling it in. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something key too, I think, Megan, about the account of accountability to each other. Mm-hmm. So like having those pieces where you might not use your meeting time to just sit and meet and plan or whatever, but you're going to come back with something to your next meeting that you're going to contribute. And I know that we used to do that where it's like, 
okay, we're doing this part of the inquiry cycle or something, and I'm, we'll try this out. Let's try this kind of activity, and I'll let you know how it went in our classroom or my classroom, things like that. And I think that can help an effectiveness in a team as well, because then that, you know, everybody's contributing. Then it's not just like Christine said, here's our agenda. You know, we're just going to like someone else has dictated it to you. It's, it's more collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than a, we're doing this meeting to mm-hmm. you. Right. It's yeah, like yeah. We're all working yeah. together. Mm-hmm. I guess as well, thinking about the purpose of meetings, I know there's always that saying like, oh, it could have been an email. Like, <laughs> if we're thinking about what we're putting on those agenda items, are they always a tick list of things that you've just got to go through, got to complete this paperwork? Or do you get those opportunities to engage in that professional dialogue and learn from each other? Because as you were saying there about, okay, if we're going to try and do this as part of our inquiry cycle, how did it go when you tried it? Mm -hmm. It's reflecting on that and sharing those practices and learning from each other. And I think we had a really good balance of, yes, there's important stuff that we just have to get through and we have to do, but also to learn from each other's areas of expertise and Mm -hmm. Um, and what everyone else was bringing to the table. So, yeah, I think we had quite a good mix of that. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of what you're saying, just that the difference between collaboration and cooperation and that tick list of, okay, we can all cooperate together and get these bits done that need to get done, and that's fine, mm-hmm. but actually really using our time together to collaborate and talk through the planning. And you might as well use that time together and put your brains together and bash out ideas and talk through that. I mean, that's the fun stuff when you get to sit around and talk about new units and lesson plans and um, all the other stuff you can cooperate on and divide and conquer and say, oh yeah, we'll make those copies or get this ready or take that list off or do the spreadsheet. But the the fun bit is when you want to sit down and have those conversations and think about those creative lessons. Um, and that's, that's the good bit you want to be there for. Yeah. I'm wondering about collaboration and meetings. So have you experienced um, you know, cause some people plan better independently and have a harder time in a collaborative, like being collaborative in a team. And, but there are times when we just really need to gather together and brainstorm and being creative. And, um, so what would you suggest if, if teachers are working in teams and there, there is some challenge in getting people to actually collaborate? Cause it is different from, being cooperative like you said like yeah we're getting along we're getting things done but let's put our brains together because that's not a fun bit for everyone like I love that we love that Mm -hmm. yeah but it's not everybody's cup of tea it really depends on what the challenge is I think you know is it a dynamic where you know, I've worked in situations where you, you, you're trying to brainstorm and come up with ideas and there's just one person kind of stonewalling every idea. Yeah, right. um, and then you've got other people who just have such different pedagogies about how things should be done. So I guess it really depends, doesn't it, on what kind of trouble yeah. you're having in collaborating. Mm-hmm. I think it also depends on the culture within your school because if you're in a school where collaboration is just part of the everyday everything that you do Mm -hmm. and you're used to doing it then you're going to find it a little bit easier than if you're a new teacher who's just joined that school and that hasn't been something that you've been a a part of that's quite tricky because 
just as we teach the children those skills of how to work with others and how to share ideas and how to take turns with contributing and how to resolve conflict and come to agreement. Actually, as adults, especially because we are more opinionated, as you say, (laughs) people are coming with different experiences, different levels of expertise, and then actually having to share and if it's something that you fundamentally disagree with, that's really difficult to then say, oh, I've got to collaborate on something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it can be something that we just expect people to know how to do and do well. It's almost like the same, mm. if it's built in within the culture of the school, this is how we do it. And you learn and, and there's opportunities to practice that. I think that's that's when it happens more successfully. Mm-hmm. And building off of that, I think by having an agenda, if somebody's not comfortable or confident or they don't like collaborating as much or they need more time Mm -hmm. more time to think or process or they like thinking about it on their own first um you know if you're working in a group sometimes I like to do my own research and come up with my own ideas so that I feel like I've got enough to contribute so by having that agenda and you know okay well next week we're going to be talking about this or at our next meeting we're going to be looking at new ideas for this then I might go away and do my own research and think through some things and come come prepared and come with ideas rather than coming kind of cold to that meeting and then having to throw things out. I think I would, if I hadn't thought about it ahead of time, I think I'd kind of just sit back and see what people had to say. Um, so by Yeah. And it's easy for people to jump to the conclusion or make assumptions that perhaps if you're not ready in that moment to collaborate, are you not much of a team player mm-hmm. or is it not something that you mm-hmm. want to be involved in? But actually, I guess it's about recognising that there are going to be different levels of comfort. And sometimes people not wanting to share their ideas is it because they haven't got them, but perhaps they are not confident and concerned that people aren't going to appreciate their ideas or that they think they might be silly or they haven't done their research and are ready to share them yet. And I guess, you know, when we're talk, if my, my point about the culture is it's it's not about jumping to those conclusions that people Mm -hmm. aren't able to but it's recognizing there's going to be various levels of comfort and maybe that's what you work on Mm -hmm. developing how do you help and support people to feel more comfortable with that Mm -hmm. collaboration so it's got to be that level of trust right like I I feel okay putting an idea out there and maybe we won't go with my idea Mm -hmm. and that's okay and it's not that people hate me and disrespect me but it's I can trust and feel respected enough to to put those ideas out there and maybe have them rejected and that's okay yeah yeah for sure and it's non-judgmental yeah and it's a supportive environment that appreciates ideas mm-hmm. whatever they are mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. yeah thinking about it's um you know a rejection of an idea or getting feedback or you know some critical feedback mm-hmm. um i hate that to your point right like sometimes um teaching is very personal to people right and so it is hard to get if you're in a meeting how do we get teachers to open up who might not feel that comfort yet to share ideas because the fear of being judged about an idea but like you know it you it takes a while sometimes to like get past like Teaching is personal, yes, because you're pouring yourself in. But idea sharing is not really personal. Like you're trying to create these great learning experiences for students. And 
not all experiences are great ideas, but once you talk them through, they could become really good ideas. So like, how can we, I guess it's how do we build that trust, right? If there's people that are a little bit reluctant to share the ideas and, or are afraid of the feedback Mm. and build that into the team dynamic or the team meeting time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think it's really valuable to get to know people outside of just the the school, the classroom environment, because if you have a little bit more social capital with the people you're working with, I know it's not always going to work that way, but I think it really does help if you've if you've had a coffee or a meal with people and had a chat about life outside of work, mm-hmm. you've got a little bit more empathy for each other and each other's situation, so you might not be as as judgy. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that was mm-hmm. something I found so in my current role. Um, I'm a lecturer in primary education and when I joined it was during the pandemic and I spent my first year meeting my new colleagues by Zoom and I certainly felt in those meetings that we'd have we'd go through the agenda and there was that fear and I suppose it's part of joining a new workplace anyway there was you're sort of starting to understand understand the procedures and who everybody is etc so it takes you a bit of time to warm up anyway but I definitely felt that what I was missing were those face-to-face interactions where you'd go and make a cup of tea in the um, in the staff room and you'd check in like, hey, how are you? How's your day been? Mm-hmm. And none of that was happening because you're on Zoom and although we'd be like, hi, hello, everyone. But if I haven't, first of all, met someone in real life to get to know them, mm-hmm. it's unlikely I'm going to be completely open about my life. I'll be like, oh, yes, I'm fine, thank you. And then off you get go on to the agenda and as much as everybody was absolutely lovely those relationships beyond the meeting those relationships beyond the classroom hadn't been built because it was all through a screen so it 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 was something that I really thought about during that time the importance of those relationships beyond the meetings Mm -hmm. I mean and that that just connects to the relationships we build with our students and if we want our students to feel comfortable and confident to share their ideas and work collaboratively and cooperatively with each other and us and it's the same thing isn't it you're building those relationships so they're not going to feel comfortable talking to us or sharing with us so why would it be any different with adults but Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we we forget about these things with adults just like you were going back to um that talking about that collaborating doesn't come naturally and that we have to to learn how to do that and children need to that guidance and support and they have to learn how to collab- collaborate as well so I think sometimes as adults we forget that we need to build those relationships as well and that's really important it's a good that's a very good point they're valuable the investment in time to get to know people beyond a meeting agenda I think is incredibly valuable and I think it increases effectiveness over time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know that, that time is really worth it. Yeah. It does make me think, though, about as adults how much we prefer choosing our groups that we work in rather than being told. And yet we do that to kids all the time, don't we? <laughs> this is your group today. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think uh, kind of what to, to what you're saying, Megs, about, you know, we have to allow the practice of the skill, right, of collaboration. And if we aren't modeling good team meetings, as adults, we shouldn't really expect that in our classrooms, right? It's kind of like we're being a little bit hypocritical here. 
if we're not allowing some trust to be built or allowing time to skill build. Um, but I, you know, I've, I've been in some meetings in the past, you know, not recently, but just where I was like this, I would never want this to happen in my classroom. So why is this happening in our meeting Mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. You know, and it doesn't feel good. And so, um, and I know that happens a lot, happens a lot. Thoughts about that? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so much of the interactions between adults well, not so much, but there's interactions between adults that we would not allow mm-hmm. our students to carry on mm-hmm. like that without having a word with them. So, yeah, we, we definitely should be striving to always be yeah. a model of that ourselves first, shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think something that in, in not my teacher role but as a PYP coordinator role, coming into team meetings, something I found valuable was just to ask the teams, how can I help you? Um, what do what do you feel we need to focus on? Um, you know, we yes, we need to do our agenda or go through our agenda. We need to fill in the planners, but how? What else can I do to help you? Would it be helpful if we talk through it and I type it? Would it be helpful for us to have, you know, to talk through fifteen minutes of our meeting and then you guys want to go and work on this or that? Um, but just to to find out where they were, I guess that goes back to the building relationships. Um, and it's not just my agenda, it's our, our whole team, because um, ultimately we're working towards the same goal. Mm-hmm. I think, too, like that clarity, right? Doesn't Brene Brown say clear is kind? And so mm-hmm. in your agenda, if your expectations are very clear about what your objectives are, and that might be collaboratively or otherwise, you want, you know, same thing with our kids. Mm-hmm. Like we want it to be mirrored in both places. Absolutely. So Megan and Gemma, what we like to do before we wrap up the end of our podcast episode is ask for a pair down pointer to leave our audience with. So it could be something to do with what we talked about today with team meetings, or it could be any sort of tip, strategy, pointer that you may have about how we can pair down, focus on a priority, make life easier for ourselves i'm gonna start okay yeah because i'm gonna link back to a conversation that we had recently about how important it is to put a timeline Mm. on agenda items yes and i think that's a good point to bring up today as well is that if you can put a timeline we agree to have this finished by this date or this time Mm -hmm. i think that is a really good pointer to have to to pare down and keep things prioritized excellent um I think I might steal this one from you, Jim, but um, building relationships, I think that can that can just mm-hmm. there's so much that you can gain from that. Um, so many positives. So I think that helps. Worth the effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worth the effort. Yeah. And Jim. OK, it might sound incredibly obvious and simple. They're the best ones. But I think if you have a meeting and you've got various things that you need to show or share to already have those open on your um, on your screen so that you're not cutting into time trying to find them and um, waiting for them to open. And I just think all those moments that are lost whilst people are trying to find documents and if people could turn up meetings with those ready to go Mm. it just 
if we're thinking about valuing time, that's just something that makes a bit of a difference, doesn't it? Well, there's nothing it worse does. than those virtual meetings where you're watching someone faff around with their different mm-hmm. tabs and what's working and why can't you hear anything? And, and it's a file inside a file inside yeah. a file inside oh, a file. Goodness. And then it, the, the wheels spin Ooh. while you wait for mm-hmm. it to open. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. That wraps up today's episode of The Minimalist Educator. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you, Megan and Gemma. Today's episode was brought to you by Plan Z Professional Learning Services, forward-thinking educator support. Find out more at planzplservices.com. Be sure to join Tammy and Christine and guests for more episodes of the Minimalist Educator Podcast. They would love to hear about your journey with minimalism. Connect with them at PlanZPLS on Twitter or Instagram. The music for the podcast has been written and performed by Gaia Moretti.